Jay Butter and Popcorn. <laughs> okay, let's start the show. Sit back, relax, and listen. Friday's gonna have you glistening. Get ready for a real good vibe. Shea Butter and Popcorn. Now live. Welcome to Shea Butter and Popcorn. With Taj and Chels, Season 2, Episode 9. Shea Butter and Popcorn is the all-inclusive podcast giving you the exclusive. This podcast focuses on reviewing our favorite films. My name is Chelsea, a.k.a. Chels, singer, actor, and all-around movie lover. Taji, let them know who you are and what we're talking about today. What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Tajiana, a.k.a. Taj, also actress, filmmaker, and activist. Y'all, we are talking about movies with the genre of parental guidance. There's so many films that... I was exposed to and Taj was exposed to um, through our parents. And I feel like that's the first time that you are introduced to that sort of cinema or that love of cinema. Um, So many movies like Joy Luck Club or County Monte Cristo for for me, you know, that um, have those type of memories when I watch them or rewatch them and think of where I was or, um, you know, watching it with my mother, like my mom's of a geisha, for instance. And then even still there are franchises that my dad also had me hooked on at an early age, like Indiana Jones or Rocky, anything like that. And so when you look back and think of those films and you can see the weight that they hold, it really makes that movie, uh, so special because to be honest, it's not about the movie, but it's about the experience, you know, that makes it right. so special, you know, and treasured. So mm-hmm. this is about who you're with when you're watching it. So let's get into our films. First up, I'm going to talk about Terms of Endearment, 1983, directed by James L. Brooks. So I think that every once in a while, there's a movie that resonates with you. And this is definitely one of those movies. My mother and I are very close to the point where I feel like there's still a spiritual umbilical cord attached that <laughs> always ties me to my mom. Um, spiritual like, umbilical cord. I love that <laughs> metaphor. That's amazing. Yeah, it hasn't been cut. Um, I feel like I'm like my mother a lot in many ways. Um, some ways that I love, some ways that is not always the best where it's like, oh, ooh, I'm like my mother right now. <laughs> but overall, I want to make her proud in everything that I do. So I have a tendency to be very overprotective of my parents and my mother in general in a way that she was protective of me when I was a child. Now, as an adult, I feel overprotective of them, you know. Um, but this movie is set on the backdrop of Houston, Texas. It's a classic mother-daughter film. It's one for the ages. Widow Aurora Greenway, played by Shirley MacLaine, and her daughter, Emma, played by Deborah Winger, have a strong bond. But Emma marries a teacher, a school teacher named Flap Horton, played by Jeff Daniels, against her mother's wishes. So when the marriage grows sour due to Flap's cheating, Emma eventually splits from him, returning to her mother, who moves in, moves in with her mother, who is involved with a former astronaut played by Jack Nicholson. So as the movie uh, continues and Emma gets closer to this uh, father figure and uh, played by Jack Nicholson, Emma learns that she also has terminal cancer while she's going through being separated and possibly getting divorced and things like that. So in the hospital, supported by Aurora, she tries to make peace with Flap and her children. Um, excuse me, not four boys. She has three boys and a girl. Winger actually based her character on Norman Rockwell, you know, the Norman Rockwell paintings, because Norman Rockwell always showed like the classic American middle-class person. And so she wanted to show a middle-class woman who became a housewife with children. You know, the highs and lows of suburban lifestyle. Maybe she had dreams to do bigger, better things. Maybe she 
wanted to do this, that, and the other, but she fell in love, got married and had kids, you know, and then that became her, her torch to, to, to burn in her, you know, cross to bear in that, that regard. This film won the Academy Award for Best Picture and Best uh, Actress for Shirley MacLaine at the 1984 Oscars. Very well done. It's a great movie. There's so many, uh, tender moments and scenes like when she's uh hugging on to her mom all throughout the movie there's always these pieces and these scenes where she's hugging her mom and she's all like oh mom you never hug me for that long you don't always hold on for that long normally I'm the first one to break and things like that um when her mother finds mm-hmm. out she's getting sick and stuff like that or she's like give my daughter the shot my daughter's in pain help at the hospital things like that and she's like completely like about to have this fit very endearing film beautiful movie i believe it's available to stream on amazon prime or available to rent as well second film is father the bride 1991 directed by charles shire so there are films that i watch and i think of my mother and then there's films that i watch and i think of my father and this is definitely one of those um the setting is sunny san marino california and sneakers with your wedding dress is all the rage for Father the Bride. George Banks, played by Steve Martin, and his wife, Nina, played by Diane Keaton, are the proud parents of Annie, played by Kimberly Williams. But when she returns from studying abroad and announces that she's engaged, her whole world is turned upside down, especially that of her overprotective father, George. So from meeting the in-laws who are like living in Beverly Hills, I believe, and like really snobbish and stuffed up to wedding plans with over the top consultant, Martin Short, <laughs> who plays Frank, and he has this big, big accent and it's so hilarious. And his flamboyant assistant played by B.D. Wong. It seems as if the troubles never end in this update of the classic Spencer Tracy comedy of the same name. So this movie is a revitalized remake, which is rare to come by because a lot of remakes aren't that good. This is actually really enjoyable. Um, my dad loves to rewatch this over and over and he always gets a little teary eyed when he thinks of marrying off my sister and I, um, at the end of the movie, of course, it's endearing to see him on the phone with Annie because he never got to like really talk to his daughter or like dance with her and things like that at the wedding. So she calls him at the airport before she flies off to her honeymoon to start off her new life. And it's literally the sweetest, uh, especially that scene where she's like, I'm getting married. And then he sees her. Uh, and these pigtails and at seven years old and she's like i'm getting married i'm gonna have a princess cake and da, da, da. And i'm like i relate to that because i feel like even though uh i'm an adult like my dad sees me as like the seven-year-old in pigtails <laughs> oh most definitely he Always. Does. Mm-hmm. just for the record yeah he does <laughs> he does but yeah very enjoyable movie uh i believe it's available to rent or stream on amazon prime Last film is Clear and Present Danger, 1994, directed by Philip Noyce. So my dad, I wouldn't say he's super sentimental at all. Um, granted, he likes to dress up on his days off work just to spend time with my mother, even if they're just going out and about, uh, even like grocery shopping or walking around botanical gardens, which I think is so sweet because they've been married for so long. But he loves my mother. He loves me and my sister. And he loves his action movies. Now... <laughs> This one, I'm sure, has been on my television over 100 times growing up. Jack Ryan is probably a distant uncle. I'll safe to say that. Uh, Jack Ryan is the main character of Tom Clancy's novels, of course. Tom Clancy's story has been revitalized to movies and even TV shows. 
but the story remains the same. You got the good guy spy who takes down the bad guys and saves America. So you have Agent Jack Ryan, played by Harrison Ford, in the Clear and Present Danger movie of 1994, who becomes an acting deputy director of the CIA when Admiral Greer, played by James Earl Jones, is diagnosed with cancer. So when an American businessman and friend of the president is murdered on a yacht, Ryan starts discovering links between the man and drug dealers. So as CIA agent John Clark, played by William Defoe, is sent to Colombia to kill drug kingpins in retaliation, Ryan must fight through multiple cover-ups to figure out what happened and who's responsible. Very action-packed. You got the good guy takes down the bad guy. You got the guns. You got the twist where they're coming after Jack's family, which they always do every movie. It's, you know, the same type of cycle. But in the end, of course, he wins. Why? Because he's Jack Ryan. The clear and present danger is self-explanatory. There's danger, it's clear, and it's present. (laughs) But yeah, those are my films, which I cherish and love watching with my dad and my mom and just with family. And it's really special, precious time. I hope you enjoyed my films this week. Taji, let them know what yours are. So we have some good ones, some tearjerkers. I'm going to start off with Pursuit of Happiness, which we all love and adore, starring the illustrious Will Smith. Um, the Pursuit of Happiness was um, distributed in 2006, and it goes like this. Life is a struggle for single father, Chris Gardner. Evicted from their apartment, he and his young son find themselves alone with no place to go, even though Chris eventually lands a job as an intern at a prestigious brokerage firm. The position pays no money. The pair must live in shelters and endure many hardships, but Chris refuses to give in to despair as he struggles to create a better life for himself and his son. So this this movie was actually released the day before my birthday in 2006. Hmm, cool. Will Smith's stronger pieces of work. I feel like if we're doing like top five dramatic acting, I feel like this is definitely one of those. The fact that, you know, he actually had his actual son playing his son in the movie, like Jaden acting um being little this was probably like a very good bonding experience for them considering that you know their experience is probably the opposite or probably was opposite at this time when you become a parent your life is not your own anymore so everything you do it's like times 10 for your kids um and this film was actually based here in the bay in san francisco and so i think that the film definitely explored a lot of different um areas of like what it's like to be you know in poverty but on the flip side um showing that resilience one of like showcasing you know issues that black us you know black people in america have to deal with mm-hmm. especially this is like this was based um this was inspired by a true story and this is set in 1981 a true story for so many people i think people don't realize and like you know i also love that it gave the aspect of like showing like the single father narrative because we don't hear as much about the single father narrative it just showed a lot about believing in yourself and i just think that was great um you know to have that you know my dad is poor but he's like probably the best role model that there is out there um so that that whole plot um was just wonderful and so i love how it showed like you said the father's there and he's not an absentee father which yeah exactly with black men in cinema you know which mm-hmm. is not too narrative anymore and i just loved how it showed also from just being hungry like a yeah. standpoint and like how much you can do if you believe in yourself and you're hungry enough to go after 
what you want, regardless mm-hmm. of if you have the resources. Start now. Yeah. You exactly. know, let the resources come to you. Start now when you don't have any resources, when all you have is a dream and a, mm-hmm. a good idea, you know? Right, exactly. You know? But yes, yeah, beautiful. Movie. Definitely. Y'all, please go watch if you haven't already. Um, yeah. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yay. Um, also on Amazon Prime and YouTube and all that jazz. So go watch it. Um, next film is y'all gonna laugh at me but we're doing finding nemo because period like what what better animation these are movies that we cherish with like our parents so it's no judgment (laughs) finding nemo all the time i'm all got sick of us but it's all good um i think people forget you know they get lost in the fact that it's animation it's a kid's film but just marlin a clownfish is overly cautious with his son nemo who has a foreshortened fin. Um, when Nemo swims too close to the surface to prove himself, he is caught by a diver and horrified Marlin must set out to find him. A blue reef fish named Dory, who has a really short memory, joins Marlin and complicates, complicates the encounters with sharks, jellyfish, and a host of ocean dangers. Meanwhile, Nemo plots his escape from a dentist's fish tank. So... <laughs> It still lives on today. Like I, <laughs> maybe it's just me, but but Finding Nemo definitely um, has those strong that that strong theme of you know that that parenting aspect. I feel like you know Marlon was a little bit too had a too tight of a grasp on Nemo because, um, like I mentioned, this um, his fin was um, underdeveloped. Um, his right fin was underdeveloped. So, and it's, it was like that since he was born as a baby. And throughout the movie, we kind of see that, you know, Marlon has a tight, tight grasp on Nemo. And when Nemo challenges that because he feels so restricted, he wants to exercise that independence and feel like he's like, you know, he has autonomy over his own self. Um, when he goes and swims out into ocean, um, and, you know, Marlon's literally like, don't do that (laughs) like literally don't do that and Nemo's like you know I'm testing the boundaries because he's sick of it so that has no sense of humor for a clownfish it exactly he does everything in his power to get his son back and you know as Nemo is you know goes throughout this whole adventure of being dragged across the whole ocean Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that, um, happens is somebody, um, I believe somebody asked him like, oh, you, you know, oh, it was Gil. It's like, you, um, you miss your dad, don't you, Shark Bait? And he's like, yeah. And it's like, well, you're lucky to have someone out there who's looking for you. And he's like, he's not looking for me. He's scared of the ocean. So th- that's like, it's so, it's so bad that that's his thought of like, my dad won't even come get me because he is too scared. He lives in the shadows. He lives in, you know, the boundaries you know mom's like no i promised him i'd never let anything happen to him it's my fault type thing and dory's like "Hmm, that's a funny thing to promise someone and Mm -hmm. mom's like what what do you mean and dory's like well you can't never let anything happen to him then nothing would ever happen to him not much fun for little harpo so it's like (laughs) if you keep saying you you'll never let anything happen to him even when it's something that is like fun for him you're gonna be like no you Mm -hmm. nothing so it's it's really it's really hard because Nemo 
you know, doesn't understand. He was barely born when that happened. So he doesn't really understand. And kids, you know, like to test boundaries naturally anyway. So it's very interesting. That's Finding Nemo. Um, if you haven't watched it at this point, I don't know what your childhood was, but I mean, <laughs> go watch it. Um, lastly, um, Akila and the Bee, love her. Um, these were all like early 2000s, love it. Um, Cause Akila and the Bee was also 2006. And um, yeah, so if you're not familiar, Akila and the Bee um, stars Kiki Palmer um, as Akila. Um, Akila, an 11 year old girl living in South LA, discovers she has a talent for spelling, which she hopes will take her to the National Spelling Bee. Despite her mother's objections, Akila doesn't give up on her goal. She finds help in the form of a mysterious teacher and along with overwhelming support from her community. Akila might just have what it takes to make her dream come true. So I believe Kiki Palmer did a wonderful job in this. Um, I just love watching people's like progress as like, you know, going from like childhood acting to adulthood. But yeah, she definitely, she killed this for real. Um, love it. And um, the mysterious teacher is um, played by Lawrence Fishburne. And uh, the mother is played by Angela Bassett. So just very powerful cast to begin with. Uh, but yeah, Akila and the Bee explores um, the hardships of what it's like. Definitely, once again, going into like, you know, what it's like being an African-American child um, and like what it's like to have stereotypical things going on around you that are obstacles to you being great. Um, but additionally, like exploring what it's like, um, in general, when you have, when you're so young and there's opportunities that you want to take advantage of, but you don't have the resources, you know, this guy just happened to be at the spelling bee that she, you know, did because she didn't want to, um, get detention. Doug Atchison, um, the director, he wanted to portray black people in a way that was like, Yes, a black girl can be, you know, a good speller. Yeah. Don't really think about that. Like, great. Um, and she can live in South LA. Like, you know, because people need to judging books by their covers. Like, I grew up doing spelling bees. So, Me too. you know, so yes. that's all words. Like. Dictionary, I was reading that. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm a word nut, bro. Like my mom never let up off me for anything. That's why I am the way I am now. Anytime somebody has some like incorrect grammar, like, or spelling, like I tutored a, a girl in English, like in college, like I just, I work with kids now, like doing like academic coaching. So I've just always been like an English nut. Um, and like, just in love I with think that. English is the best thing to tutor. I did something not so smart. I was good oh. at it, but I shouldn't have. In high school, I once tutored a friend in geometry. Now, oh, math. Oh, Jesus. I should have even tutor myself. So <laughs> at this point, no. It's okay. We graduated. We're done. We're done with school. <laughs> Made it through, barely. This uh, coach or this English professor, um, Dr. Joshua Larrabee, who comes in and is like, this girl is a good speller. And he tests this girl like, no, she can really spell. Like, I'm going to start coaching you. Um, and so... Um, you know, originally she denies and they, you know, she's a little road to him. And it's like, nah, but eventually, you know, this, he starts coaching her. And then, you know, Akilah is going to the, you know, going to Woodland Hills, which is a little bit, you know, more privileged than, you know, Crenshaw. So her mom is like, so you've been taking a bus 
and skipping classes to go prepare for this spelling bee like nah that's out and so Akila, you know eventually she you know she forges her father's signature and now also we have a case of like this um repetitive case of like you know single parenting because Akila's father is deceased so um she's like she um there's a scene the argument scene happens with her and Angela Bassett and then she goes into her room and she looks at that picture of her dad um on her um on her desk and she's like you would let me do it because she just got into that argument with her mom about no you're not doing this spelling bee I don't care what level you're at like you're coming home this this hour you're skipping classes I got notices that you're skipping classes like this is not it and so she really struggled with that you know having to continue on like no I have to do this and like, what shows a lot of tenacity and persistence is good but just that struggle because you know her mom with you know your husband dying and like being in an area where there's a lot of traumatic things going on um you know her and her siblings are having to be you know top tier like you gotta do what you gotta do in order to stay afloat and also thrive so Mm -hmm. um yeah so eventually her mom is like um finally meets the coach and um persistence tenacity motivation inspiration that's like all three of these movies period like i love it so awesome. yeah let's get into our next segment personal everest <laughs> now when one makes a big summit up a mountain say mount everest for example there are a set of skills and tools that one must adhere to to master with a great team around them to get the job done so the personal everest for a director making a film revolved around family relationships is definitely having a humanistic aspect you know you have to be unafraid to go there in terms of vulnerability and be very bold in the storytelling because with family relationships not everything is going to be uh roses and sunshine like there's going to be gritty Most definitely not you know definitely uh what do you think Taj? um yeah i think definitely showing that the whole picture of like what it means to be a parent um and also what it means to be a child like showing the good the bad the confusing like because it's all of that like um so definitely you know those who are creating those worlds definitely having to master getting that true raw authentic like relationship down in the plot is very important um and if you know the people the director specifically but also you know the writers or whoever, if if they are not necessarily can't relate, mm-hmm. um, if they are not a parent themselves or like, you know, um, what have you, I don't even, I don't see myself having children either, but if I was to write a story that had, you know, to deal with, you know, a parent and a child, I would definitely have to do a lot of interviewing personal interviews, like, Hey, so what do you, what would you say in this situation? Like just hearing a snippet of a scene of like, maybe it's argument or maybe it's like a, a you know, a birds and a bees talk, or maybe it's, you know, it's right. something that's going on in the also scene. Also like a different anointing with that. Like I do want to like get married and have kids. And I know that, you know, not everyone um, should have kids um, <laughs> because I know there's some people that, um, may not always know how to be the best parent as in showing affection or yeah, definitely there, you know, um, I do feel that pressure because I love my parents and think they're so great where it's like, shoot, I don't know if I could do half the stuff that you did. Can't hold a yeah. cat to how you parent, you know, which makes 
it kind of like, and you get anxiety for something that I don't even have to be worrying about right now. But you think, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I don't know, you know? But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, yeah. It definitely makes you very anxious. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, my mom definitely wants grandchildren, but I told her she's going to have to ask my sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and my other sister when she gets old enough and my brother because mm-hmm. yeah but because i've been I know, you know you have I'm kids junior. if you do have kids i know that you won't care once you have given birth you're gonna love whatever comes out mm-hmm. <laughs> not to be too you know tmi but still i know myself now since i don't have to worry about that i could just wish on a star i want boys <laughs> Wish on a star. I'm just saying, I want boys if I could pick a preference. Only because being a girl, I know how emotional, I just know how I am on 100. And the fact that yeah. sleep scares me so bad. And the fact that it's just me and my older sister. I've only been around like mostly women outside of my, you know, my dad. But it's like, I want boys. I just want to see how the other half. <laughs> oh my God. I feel like it'd be easy so to I don't know. You feel like it would be what? Like easier to raise. I feel like they're easier. Interesting. I feel like it's not like easier or worse. I feel like you definitely have to like, well, that's also the thing is like, we don't even get to pick and like we can have preferences, but you like have to be, it's either you're all in or you're all out and like damage can be done if you're in between as well. But like. You gotta really be unconditional and not just like. later on in life or you you know get hip and then have this epiphany like actually psychologists have said the first eight years really that's when the personality is developed oh that those first eight years are so crucial the first oh my god that's the core it's so crucial those first eight years of their life like and that gives me anxiety too you know what i mean so it's just yeah it's not for everybody but um yeah so you know some of us you know are on chelsea's end of the spectrum some of us are on my end of the spectrum wherever you fall i think it's definitely just important as an artist replicating those stories in a truthful and authentic way and maybe you know some of the stories are in the in-between or maybe they're on the polar opposites um so yeah i think just staying true and doing those interviews with those around you to hear and you the- know i'm an artist y'all i'm from texas so it's just the south jumped out <laughs> marriage and babies we're groomed that way <laughs> yeah yeah most definitely but yeah keep those interviews going writers ask questions about those scenes and how that dialogue sounds and like definitely keep it raw keep it truthful whether it's happy sad you know confusing joyous you know, whether it has laughter, whether it has anger, like it's literally, you know, parent, the parent child relationship is all of that. Like we experience all of that. So mm-hmm. definitely keep it, keep it raw and keep it true. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Well, thank mm-hmm. you all for listening. Tune in next week. We will be discussing Westerns. So mm-hmm. you've got the lassos, the cowboy boots, the spurs, the yeehaw, horses. yeehaw, giddy up, y'all. Yes, I'm Solange <laughs> with my my cowgirl hat. Yes, or Megan Stallion, either one. Megan <laughs> Stallion. Oh my gosh, I love it. You love to see it. So feel free to follow us on social media to stay updated on this podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Shea Butter Pop. Follow us on Instagram at Shea Butter Popcorn, or follow us individually. You can follow me at Chelsea J Music on Twitter or Instagram. And me at Tajiana underscore on Twitter or Instagram. Yes, all one word, all lowercase. Let us know what you thought of this episode. DM us. Let us know what you're thinking. 
Yes. We'll get that in for y'all. See you next week. Bye.